1: Come with me to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 to 12. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. If they fall, one will lift up this companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, but another two can withstand him. And a threefold cord cannot easily be what? Broken. Proverbs chapter seventeen verse seventeen. He said, "A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity." Somebody say, "A brother is born for adversity." All right. So we've been looking at building strong and healthy relationships, and the focus has been on dealing with conflict in relationships. Somebody say, "Conflict in relationships." One thing that you are for sure. You, you for sure will encounter in life is conflict. Somebody say conflict. There will always be conflict. There will always be conflict. If you've never had one before, keep on living because it will show up as you live. The longer you live, the more conflict you'll come face to face with. And the, the better you become at resolving conflict, the longer you live, the healthier you live, the better you live. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. I said, the better you get at resolving conflict, the healthier you live, the better you live, the more peaceable you become. Amen? If you don't learn how to resolve conflict, your life will be conflicted. Praise the Lord. You cannot enjoy peace. And you cannot also sustain relationships. There are many people, they used to have a best friend yesterday. He's no longer their best friend if you look into their lives, they have a trail of broken relationships. It's because they don't understand conflict and how to deal with them. Praise the Lord. If there is one person who should know how to connect and flow and relate with people better, is the believer. Praise the Lord. Because a believer is supposed to be a custodian of all the nine fruits of a spirit. And when these fruits are in you and they are manifested in various degrees and in an adequate measure, you should be peaceable. Praise the Lord. That's why it's important that we understand these things. All of the nine fruits of the spirit are needed in resolving conflict. Some other time I'll talk to you about it. But all the nine fruits of the spirit, they they are designed to help you deal with conflict. Because they will come. Praise the Lord. So last week, I think mommy took us through how to, we said there are three ways. We can resolve relational conflicts. There are not the limited ways, but those are the three ways we are uh, choosing to address. One is that we can take the step, which is a high ground. Somebody say high high ground. Have you met people that they seem to be not offended at anything? You've met people like that. There are people like that. There are people like that. And you and I can choose to be people like that. Praise the Lord because most of the time the things we, we get mad and we get angry about if you had just taken a little bit time would have seen that it was useless to be mad at praise the lord most conflicts at the foundation can be avoided like for instance somebody is going to get married and he chooses to marry an unbeliever that is an avoidable conflict It's an avoidable conflict. The Bible says, do not be unequally yoked with unbeliever. And you have chosen that I will be unequally yoked. I know he's not born again. I know he doesn't believe in God. But you know he's caring and very sensitive. He gives me all the vibes I need. Very soon you will know that marriage is not driven by vibes. It's not driven by that. It's not driven. So no matter what a person brings to the table, if he's not born again, the Bible said, do not be unequally yoked. That's what It, is. it said, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship had righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion had light with darkness? The Bible calls the unbeliever darkness. And you want to bring darkness to your house another doom so into your home? No, you don't want that kind of problem. There are many things unbelievers can do. And I have heard a lot of sisters say that believers are too spiritual. It's better they are too spiritual. It's better. It's better any day to marry a spiritual person than a romantic person. Any day, any time. Any day, any time. Because the challenges that marriage presents is not romance they used to solve it, it's spirituality they used to solve it. It's not romance. It's not romance. If he's that romantic but not spiritual, and the challenges present themselves, he will be kissing you like this. He that you bite, you you bite the tongue off. (laughs) You don't know. You have not seen Pepper before. eh? (laughs) Am I communicating somebody here? You see, there are a lot of uh, fantasies women, in particular, have in their heads. Fantasies, fantasies. Somebody say, avoid it. Avoid it. So, if there is any gentleman after your tail, your mother is telling you, you know, u-nini, u-nini, u-nini. <laughs> I'll come back there. And they push you. I mean, we live in a generation that is so godless that women, mothers can push their children to go have a child. That may be a mawadiyawobakumamwati. No, if you really want a child, you can adopt. Praise the Lord. Yeah, because that is also one way. And in fact, it is the way Jesus even came on earth. Our Savior was adopted. By like Africans, we look at adoption as an inferior form of having children. But it is one of... We Christians are adopted children of God. All of us are adopted children of God. One of the presidents of a nation in Africa was adopted. And yet somebody's biological seed is a drug addict. Am I communicating here? i want you to have a baby for me and woo. Yeah. What, what happens i mean they say all kinds of things all kinds of foolish things they push them into problems and then after pushing into the problem he's dead and gone and you are living with this husband who is a monster of a man the rest of your life you don't know what to do with the person so most conflict can be avoided the Bible says in the book of Romans 12, 18, said, as much as it lieth in you, live in peace with everybody. Live in peace, if it is possible. If it is possible, live at peace with everyone. It means that it is possible. It is what? Yeah. If it depends on you, it is possible. As far as it depends on you. There are some people, they are just cantankerous in nature. They just like fighting. In fact, they are not happy if the home is so quiet one whole week, there's no argument. What kind of home is this? They just want to have a fight. Why you do that, you allow Satan to gain root in your home. The Bible says, be angry, say not. Neither give place to the devil. One of the places Satan thrives easily is a place where there's confusion, chaos, and disorder. Amen? Amen? The Bible says, let all things be done decently and in order. When you don't ensure that there's order and decency in your home, Satan thrives in that kind of place. So, that's one. And then the second one is to address the problem. Somebody say address the problem. Okay, so number one, you avoid the conflict if it's possible. Address the problem. And then number three is to refuse to attack personalities. And I'll touch on the last two. Address the problem. Mommy dead with avoiding the conflict if it's possible. Then address the problem where you cannot avoid and there is a matter, learn to address it. And usually, when it comes to addressing the matter, a lot of people also have problems there. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 20, look at how he puts it. He said, He that handleth a matter wisely shall find good. He that handleth a matter. Somebody say, handleth a matter. Yes, he that handleth a matter wisely shall find good. So there's a conflict, but if you handle it well, there will be peace. There's a conflict if you handle it where love will be reencandled. There's a conflict if it is well managed. Things will work better. He that handle it and matter well shall find good. And whosoever trusted in the Lord, happy is he. Somebody say, happy is he look at matthew 18 verse 15 to 17 if another believer sins against you go privately to him and point out the offense and if the other person listens and confesses you have won that person back okay but if you are unsuccessful take one or two others with you and go back to him so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses if the person still refuses to listen take your case to the church Then if he or she won't accept the church's decision, treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. Now listen, if you marry somebody who is not born again, when you say, let's go and see my pastor, it's our allow. Do you know, oh, I have dealt with cases where all I needed was to have one hour meeting with the husband and there could be peace. The woman is ready to do anything that the husband would demand. Just to know that these are the real concerns my husband have for this foolish behavior he has been putting up in the last one month. Elders who are older than this man will call them, and The man will not go. Elders. Including chiefs, they won't go. So, when you are hanging out, courting the guy who is not born again, we are talking, you think that these pastors, you follow them, you will not marry you. No, it's not just about marrying. It's about marrying and staying in one piece. People are killing people out in the name of marriage today. Do you know? People kill people, they shoot them, and they do all kinds of things to them now. This used to be Western stuff. Now they are here. Because Western values for marriage has been embraced by Christians in Africa. So eventually, we give away our biblical values and we contend with such things. The Bible says when there is an issue, there is a place where final resolution should be able to take place. And it's the church. And you don't have value for the church. You are not even a member of any church. You are not committed to it. I just like visiting churches, you know. This church, I don't want to be committed. Then they will put all kinds of... No, 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 no. God is only wise. The Bible calls him the only wise God. The only wise God. The only wise God. There are people, even marry people, they say they don't want people who are too much on fire. They don't want people who are too much on fire. I don't understand what that means. Too much on fire. So we have to understand how scripture says the problem should be addressed. There are people who are in church, but they don't follow this principle. That's scripture. They don't follow principle. When they have a challenge, they can tell everybody except the church. If you say, I'm going to tell pastor about it. He say, no, don't let it go there. I don't want our matter to reach there. I don't want it to reach there. Some matters have reached us at the time where they've gotten worse. And I, I just look on. Over the years, I've learned to understand people and allow them to flow. Some things used to pay me. pa, No, 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 no. Now I've, I've gone past that. No, 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 no. I want to live and live long. I won't carry the burdens of a person who is not ready to let me carry it for him. Three things you need to do to address and resolve relational problems well. Number one is agreement. Somebody's agreement. Okay, so if you are going to address relational problems and solve them amicably, we need to agree on the common goal for conflict resolution what is our common goal what is our common goal the common goal is clearly defined in scripture the primary objective or the goal for addressing relational conflict must be established and that is to be able to bring peace and win your brother somebody say bring peace peace. and win your brother and win your spouse and win your mother that's the primary goal. When there is a challenge in a relationship, we must never lose sight of that objective. When couples lose sight of that objective, they trade insults. As if the relationship is ending today. There is a problem, but it doesn't mean that the marriage is over. So let's not talk as if we are ending a relationship. That objective, we must have an agreement. Two cannot work together except they be agreed. There are things, let me tell you. When you have a problem with someone, a friend, a spouse... And you say certain things, even after the issue has been solved, you make it difficult for the excitement in the union to come back. It may come back, but it may take a long time. And there are people sad to say that it never comes back to that original position. That's how we address conflict and challenges in our relationship is very, very critical. And everybody needs to learn it. This is a skill you just don't need for a relationship. You need it even on your job to be promoted. There are some people, they are not able to flow with people, so sometimes that even affect their promotion and elevation in life. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called, for they shall be called, For they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers. We must understand that we are seeking to make peace. Jesus said, go to him. If he hears you, you have won him back. So that's the objective. The objective is to win the person back. Bring peace and win the person back. But unfortunately, there are times where we get into issues. We address the matter. By the time we finish, a wide gap has been created between a husband and a spouse. That shall not be our testimony. So, number one is agreement. Number two is atmosphere. Somebody say atmosphere. atmosphere. Okay. So, you have to have an agreement that our objective, listen, as we are dating, as we are married now, any argument that we get, you must understand that it is not going on this level. Yeah. yeah. I mean, most of the time, when I'm addressing matter with mommy, I tell her, listen, this thing I'm telling you, it doesn't affect the relationship in any way. But if this and this are done it to make the joy in the relationship greater and sweet but it doesn't change the foundation of the relationship but when you address a matter and you give ultimatum after this thing in the next 3 months if this thing is not over i'm out you are threatening the security of the relationship and women very find it very uncomfortable to thrive in an atmosphere of insecurity so create the right atmosphere to address the matter sometimes your matter is good but the atmosphere is wrong You need the right atmosphere, particularly in these times where social media is all over the place. I mean, immature couples handle their matter on social media. Then you send a text message. Then your husband to foolish man, he has time. He is replying. No, 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 no. If your wife is not smart enough to know that we don't resolve our matter through WhatsApp, except you are saying, I'm sorry or I love you. Those two are okay for WhatsApp. Every other matter. I didn't know you are such a foolish man. Yay. Which kind of foolish man have I married? Then you have tested that message. You have WhatsApp that message. And it's documented. And it can be backed up. It can be archived. Oh. You see, you are not wise. You are not wise. You are no wise. And after today, those of us who have archived negative messages, please delete them. If you want to continue the marriage, delete them. If you want to divorce, keep on archiving them. Buy an SSD. Buy uh, an SSD. One gig or two gig, and then put them all inside. The atmosphere. You create the right atmosphere to address the matter. And there are a number of things that will help you to create the right atmosphere. Number one is prayer. Somebody say prayer. Prayer. It's amazing how Christians will try to solve our problems without engaging prayer. There's a matter that has gone on you are not happy with. Before you address the matter, pray. I'm not saying go and bring your wife and let's pray. Because there's already a friction. She will not agree with you in the prayer. That is where sometimes spiritual people use it to bully others. Let us pray about this matter. No, we don't need to pray about this matter. You must pray about the matter. Go pray about the matter. Seek the wisdom of God. Lord, how do I handle this matter? How do I handle this matter? How do I bring this matter up? The Holy Spirit will tell you. The Holy Spirit will tell you. So pray. Pray. The Bible said the heart of a king is in the hands of a Lord like rivers of water. He By the time you finish praying, you may not even bring the matter up. You see that your spouse will call you and say, listen, I'm very sorry. I've just..." Your prayer can bring conviction on your spouse. And she would need to come and apologize for you to now give another lecture. It's over. So pray about the matter. Pray about it. Your... The Bible said, be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known. And the peace of God will keep you. Number two is, if you are going to create the right atmosphere for addressing a relational challenge, you have to first of all pray about the matter. Number two, keep your emotions under control. That's why when your emotions are high, there are wrong times to address a, a relational matter. When you are angry, boiling hot. No, 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 no. That's the wrong time to speak. The Bible said, be angry, sin not. I say, be angry, speak not. Because most of the time when we are angry and we speak, sin becomes a natural process. It follows that order. So be angry. Speak not. At the moment of your anger, learn not to speak. The Bible said, he that has no rule over his spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls." I must tell him my peace of mind today. No, you don't need to say it today. You surely must tell him your peace of mind, but not today. Because if you say it today, shall <laughs> some things will happen. You will say the things you don't want to say. And you see, I have realized that in relationships, it's better some words are not said than said and redrawn later. That's why it's important. Very, very important. The endearing words, which most Africans don't even speak much to our spouses and our children, those endearing words usually don't linger as long enough as the bad words we use on our spouses. Satan has a way of making them stick than the nice words we said. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, he said, I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. And that is why I also tell couples, particularly the men, learn to use a lot of enduring words on your spouse. When you say a lot of endearing words, one day when you miss it, you have enough good to cancel the negative, the one negative. But you have made yourself this rigid village African man who never expresses love except during sex. And even the sex, they do it in a cadaveric way. No emotion. No feedback. Just lie there like Timberlock. No, 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 no. Am I communicating here? Listen. Love is not a Western thing. Love is a Christian thing. And there's a biblical way we express love. The Bible is God's love letter to us. God did not just speak words of affection. He said, I have chosen thee. He said, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Look at God who in you. You are chosen, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are my choices. You have not chosen me. I have chosen you. Words. you are loved. I have redeemed you for myself. In the book of Isaiah, he says, you are precious in my sight. Am I communicating you? So we have to learn to use subtle words. And you don't necessarily need to be raised in a home like that to learn it. You can learn it. You are not raised in a home where people are lawyers. But you have learned to become a lawyer. You are not raised in a home where people are doctors. You have learned to become a doctor. So why can not you learn to become more endearing and loving and romantic? Am I communicating here? Anything you want to learn, if you are serious, you can learn it. It's just that some of us are too backwards and primitive in our thinking. That we don't want to open up or we feel that, you know, this thing is, a, is for fresh couples. No, there is a way you can keep your old marriage fresh every time. Am I communicating here? Let's learn to talk to our wives and let's learn to use endearing words on them and on our children as well. Okay. Don't raise a child up and the child hardly hears, I love you from mommy. I love you from daddy. That is killing the self-esteem of the child. Your child must be so overwhelmed with I love you, I love you, I love you. That when he hears it from anybody at secondary school level, it's not something new. He doesn't attach emotions to it. But as a father, you never tell your daughter, I love you. The day one foolish guy tells, ah, baby, I love you. And attempts to give her even a peck. Fathers, who don't give their children peck? Your daughter needs a peck from you, daddy. Your son needs a peck from you, daddy. And they need it from you mothers as well. Am I communicating here? Very important. The reason why the average African child is raised with low self-esteem and can intellectually be able to do a lot of things, but when it comes to self-esteem in addressing matters we are now, it's because of these things. We don't raise our children in the way that they grow up to become very confident people. When the child goes wrong, look at how you shout. You shout as if you are in the stadium. Yeah, you shout you shout as if somebody is after your life but when the child does the same thing that is good why don't you shout like a madman in celebration you shout to correct but your silence is appreciation you are silent to appreciate may the lord give us wisdom yes. creating the right atmosphere number 1 i said we pray about it number 2 you keep your emotions under control number 3 you choose your words very carefully that's why your emotions should be under control. I have never seen an angry man who is able to choose his words. Most of the time, you are so choking with anger that the words are not even coming correctly. Because you are so angry. So angry. So angry. Choose your words carefully. The Bible said, a soft answer turns away wrath. But the harsh word stirs up anger. The words that makes the atmosphere very unbearable. You can start a conversation and you may say one word. In fact, most times, the matter you wanted to address now stops being the main matter. Then the focus is shifted on the word you use. That's why your words must be chosen. Because you solve your problems with words. It not be words. It's words. Words. Words, that's it. By words, wars are fought. By words, peace is established. Treaties, world peace is established. You either use words and carefully chosen words for that matter to solve a problem, or you use war, like Putin. He will not sit down with Ukraine. That's why two nations with intelligent leaders, of course, but the armies are at war, because what they can sit on a table and talk about, nobody has the emotional capacity and the emotional intelligence to be able to come to the table. Everybody believes in the power of their arms, and that. Couples who believe relationships where people believe in the power of their amours. Listen, when you the so. because your husband is not your boxer competitor. Choose your words. Someone say, choose your words. And then number four, bring up the matter privately with the person. Someone say, bring up the matter. Bring up the matter, up the matter. Up the matter privately with the person. Learn, the Bible said, if there is a matter, go to him privately. Privately, privately, privately. Why is it that an issue that went on and you are not happy with in the choir? You are not happy with, with the leader of the choir, with the leader of the ashes? The leader is not aware, but everybody else is aware. I mean, what kind of unchristian behavior is that? Something has gone on, your husband says something, he didn't like it, and you have never told him The dear pastor invited you to his office. That's the time you are saying it. You are a wicked woman. A wicked woman. You have never mentioned the matter. Pastor, me mean, can Just say it. Because if you say it and the person does not listen, it's gone on the record as evidence. Bring up the matter privately. And women, listen. When you are dealing with your man, there is something in him called ego. That ego, you have some, but his own is greater. You, the woman, you also have ego, but the husband's ego is greater. And he will do anything unless the ego has been fully replaced with Christ. He will do anything to defend the ego. That part of man that doesn't die easily, though he is crucified with Christ, nevertheless he lives, yet not himself, but Christ that lives. Even though he's crucified with Christ, most men, their ego is still very much alive. And if you want to bring up a matter and you want to make him a subject of public ridicule and all kinds of things, that man will not agree. That man will not agree. I remember one time I was dealing with a matter and I spoke to the wife. She said some things. And I spoke to her privately later on. And she was, oh, pastor, but you, my husband, you are not talking hard to my husband. I said, listen, they don't do it like that. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they don't do it like that. This is your husband who is kind of like this. If I go hard, he will leave you and your children home. So there's a way we take it. They don't do it like that. Those are the four things you need to do to create the right atmosphere. So number one, I said you need agreement. Somebody say agreement. agreement. Number two, you need what? You need atmosphere. Number three is attitude. If you are going to resolve a conflict, attitude. Attitude. You must come to the discussion table with the right attitude. With the right attitude. Number one, the foremost attitude you must bring is a peacemaking attitude. Somebody say a peacemaking attitude. a peacemaking attitude. There are some people when they have a matter and you say let's meet. They are looking for opportunity to set a score. To point to you all the things you have done against them. That's what they are looking for. I have met couples and by the time we are through, I see that listen. This husband came to paint the wife very dirty to me. He didn't come so that we will find peace. He came to let me know as a pastor, this woman is very dirty. And I'm not a foolish pastor. My mission is not to make your wife leave my presence and feel that she's dirty. You will not leave my presence and feel condemned, no? If I see that is your motive, after your rubbish, I will speak to a very foundational, peacemaking attitude. Somebody say peacemaking attitude. peacemaking attitude. Say peacemaking attitude. That's the first attitude you must have. Number two, you must have the attitude of hopefulness and optimism. Hopefulness and optimism. Most of the time, it's not the challenge but the hopelessness both couples or the people involved in the relationship bring to the table. So for my wife, my husband, I know him, he won't change. Hey. Some people can say something, so He won't change as if he's the Holy Spirit. There are things you must never attempt to do as a wife. Number one, attempt to change your husband. Husband, also don't try to do it. Don't try to change your wife. Don't. If your mission is to change your spouse, you will never know joy and happiness in your marriage. Am I communicating here? If you make it your lifetime mission and goal, you will struggle through the marriage. Don't change them. Love them love them don't change them and when the love be genuine they will change without you enforcing it most marital problems usually begins when the husband is on a tangent to change the husband this your friend must live your life by all means that is changing him and this friend was there before you came and when you came and he was dating you you didn't have the common sense then that this friend was a potential problematic person. So if you don't let go of this person, for me to see, we are not going to the altar. You have agreed, foolishly followed him. They are married and finished. Then you want him to go for you. This man who is not spiritual, he will let you go for that friend. Hopefulness. Somebody say hopefulness. Hopeful. The Bible said, to him that is joined to the living, there is hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. Hopefulness or optimism. Even when you take it to the medical world, you may live longer. When a doctor is working on a patient who is very confident and hopeful that they are coming out, they usually come out fine. Am I communicating here? Doctors, all the doctors here can confirm to you. But when you approach any matter with the degree of despondency, despair, publicity, is over kind of attitude. Nothing good can come out of it like attitude. It is gone. Nobody can resurrect that marriage. You have, you have spoken so much negativity over the marriage that one-hour session with pastor, one-hour session with dad and will not change it. Am I communicating here? It can give you 10 hours. It won't change it. You have to be hopeful. You have to be hopeful that God who joined you together is able to keep you together. You have to be hopeful that your husband can change. The Bible said, to him that is joined to the living, there is hope. Number three is an attitude of sincerity. Somebody say Sincerity. Yeah, sincerity in addressing the matter. Sincerity in attacking the root of the matter. Sometimes you're addressing the matter. The root is there. The husband knows the root. The wife knows the root. And they are playing around the surface. Nobody really wants to attack the root of the matter. But if you won't deal with the root, there is no way you can have a solution. The Bible says in Matthew 3.10, he says, Now the ass is laid to the root. It's laid to where? the root. The Bible said, make the tree good and the fruit will be good. Make the tree bad and the fruit will be bad. So, if the fundamentals are wrong, there is no way we can solve the problem. So, sincerity. Have you met a couple who are lying? This one says this, this one. And they know they are lying except the person who is trying to solve the problem. They are lying. This one is lying. Happily lying. This one is happily lying. It's turned into a hot argument. Because nobody wants to tell the truth. The Bible said, Don't lie to each other. <laughs> Colossians 3 19. Don't lie. Somebody say, Don't lie. For you have stripped off your own sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Don't lie. 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 Don't say what was not there. The Bible says in Proverbs 12, 19 to 20, the life of truth shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Somebody say a lying tongue is but for a moment. If you want your marriage to be established, don't establish it on lies. Number four is an attitude of responsibility. Somebody say an attitude of responsibility. If you ask a family life counselor, they will tell you, the most difficult family life issue to resolve is the one where nobody is responsible for the matter. There's chaos. But the husband says I'm not responsible. The wife says I'm not responsible. So who is responsible? Demons. Is that not what they tell Pastor P? Demons. say <speaking in Hebrew> Hey, Shut up. Foolish woman. I didn't empire. I didn't empire. If it's empire, let the pastor or the one who is helping you tell. When people don't want to solve their problem, most of the time they spiritualize it. Bible. in Bible. You see, <laughs> some of the matter can be so annoying, honestly. It can be so annoying. It can be so annoying. She cooks, you don't want to eat, but at night you want her body. You see, you are not correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not. available. I'm telling you. Praise the Lord. A sense of responsibility, identifying your own role or contribution in finding solutions to the problem. It's critical. If you don't see that you contributed, Bibi, I'm Ikunu. Bibi, i Hey, not be a everything is your husband you don't contribute anything I understand why your husband because you are deaf and dumb you don't see anything you don't talk anything a sense of responsibility in the garden God came to Adam what happened he said my wife my wife if what happened the serpent." Thank God God didn't ask the serpent. The serpent would have said, Now nah you, God. <laughs> I mean, now nah you create me. <laughs> yeah. So we must have a sense of responsibility. Listen, if you are dating any man who wants to marry you, if he's matured, spiritually matured, emotionally matured, physically matured, one word will be seen around him. He will be responsible. Praise God. He will be responsible. And when you meet someone who is not responsible, it doesn't take too much for you to know. He'll be responsible. He'll be responsible. He'll be responsible. He'll be responsible. A young man at the age of 40, he has changed jobs about five or six times. That is not a character you come and carry and bring home and think that everything will be cool with you. He has a lot of issues. Am I communicating here? Yeah. They can't be under authority, and he, you would—you doesn't take much. He's blaming his father for not taking him to a motor school. At forty, at forty, it was my father. It was my mother. It's the pastor. It's my boss, and you are following him. When you marry him and finish everything, now you responsibility responsibility. Number five is an attitude of sacrifice. Somebody say an attitude of sacrifice. Say an attitude of sacrifice. And let me tell you, when it comes to conflict resolution, the ultimate answer is the attitude of sacrifice. That's the ultimate. That's the ultimate. That's the ultimate. And when you go through this one, this is how the word will describe you. Wedge me. Yeah. Wedge me yeah that is how they say it in tree sacrifice you close your eyes it's like you no see but if you want to see every matter <coughs> look at what the bible says said you must have the same attitude i like it you must have the same attitude that cries what that cries what that cries what do you also remember the Bible says as man's love your wife just as Christ loved the church. Now if you are going to love your wife just as Christ loved the church then you have to have the attitude Christ had. He says one of the attitudes here though he was God he did not think of equality with God as something to cling onto. Though he was God. Though he was. Though he was. Though you are the head. If going on your knees will bring peace. What are you waiting for? I'm the head. I will not sit down for my wife to over me. (laughs) Though he was God, he did not seize it as an equality. Verse 7. He says, instead. Somebody say instead. He did what? He gave up his divine. You you don't have divine privileges, crowd. Just a matrimonial privileges. He gave up his own privileges. Gave it up. Gave it up. Gave it up. Women, let's learn to give up. Let's learn to give up. Men, let's learn to give up. Give up. Give up your ego. Give up your pride. Give up your educational background. Give up your money. Give it up. Because if you are not willing to give up, nothing lasting can ever be built by anyone you have to be ready to give up and not give up once, give up again and again, again and again, again and again, now do you know why you and I are saved? Because God gave up God gave up the Bible says in the book of Genesis, he said when God saw that man strived with continually, God said my spirit shall no longer strive I'm not going to continue this war I'm not going to struggle with men, I'm not going to be fighting men forever, enough I know what to do. I'm going to do it. And when God did it, today we have the ministry of reconciliation. The Bible said God through Christ has reconciled us unto himself. When God gave up, we were reconciled. If you will give up, you will be reconciled. If you will give up, there will be peace in your home. If you will give up, there will be love in your home. If you will give up, there will be harmony in your home. By all the messages, negative insults he sent, you have archived them. You are not giving them up. And you are hoping that there will be peace. You are trusting that there will be breakthrough. No, 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 no. Continuous breakdown is happening. Because you have to give up if God must come in. Willingness to give up your right. Give up. give up. Give up. Give up. Give up. Listen. In a marriage relationship, in any conflict relationship, whether it's with one another in church or in marriage, listen. Understand. No one wins until we all win. Are you with me? You can win all the score, but if you lose a marriage, you have lost it. Yeah. No one wins until we all win. Number six is the attitude of meekness. Somebody say meekness. Say meekness. Say meekness. Yeah, meekness. I'm talking about willingness and readiness to admit your wrongs and apologize. It takes meekness. It takes meekness. It takes meekness. A meek person will see their own role, their own weakness. One of the things that I love so much when I have to deal with a couple who are sober is when the husband can say that, oh, as for this ABCD, I think I didn't do well. The moment I see that, I'm excited. I want to help them because you have met a meek person. But there are people, you actually be telling them, Minister Law, that I, I think that this and this and this. He said, Listen, I've made up my mind. Not even God can stop me. I made up my mind. I made up my mind. It takes meekness. You know, there are people, they know they are in trouble. Things are not working. But let's go and talk to Edan Kama. Let's go and speak to Ed Toto. He said, No, every marriage has problem. You'll be sitting there, foolish woman, until they kill you. The fact that every marriage has problem means that every marriage can also have solution. And if there are people who can help you, avail yourself for the solution. Avail yourself for the solution. Listen, any man whom you are married to who tells you "Let's do it with ourselves," "Let's do it with ourselves," and you know things are getting worse, very. Soon, that is a man who can potentially kill you. I'm telling you, abusive spouses. They don't just appear from the sky after the marriage. It's abusive spirit, don't just enter person after you have married a person. No, it doesn't happen like that. There are certain tendencies before you got married. When he calls you on the phone and somebody else is on the line, he's angry. Why are you refusing to pick my call? Why are you refusing? Those of you are dating and they are vetting you every time. Who was on the phone with you? How come I was on the phone for that long time? It's a potential abusive husband. Mr. Man, if I marry you, would I talk to people? Can't my boss call me? But meekness, meekness, when there's a challenge, when there's a challenge, you open up yourself. If there is a problem, listen, there is no man who is a superman. The fact that you are opening up to somebody does not mean that you are a weak man. It doesn't mean that you are a weak man. It means that you are an honest man. You know that you don't have it all. You know that you are weak. And you see, in many areas of your life, you open up to people. When you are sick, when you go to the hospital, you open up to the doctor. You tell him. If he tells you, I want you naked, you won't say, I'm a CEO. I'm a general overseer. I'm not naked myself. You won't see my nakedness. Well, you'll be in the coffee very soon. (laughs) So, in many areas of our lives, we open up. So, why is it that this area that Satan is robbing you of peace and tranquility? You don't want to open up. Number seven is the readiness to forgive. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. The attitude of forgiveness. Last week, mommy talked about it and I will not belabor the point. But you need to understand. When you forgive, you have chosen to let go. Are you with me here? When you say, I'm forgiving someone, it's a decision. Forgiveness is not an emotion, it's a decision. And this is what that decision means. Most of the time, we say we are forgiving people and we have really not understood what we have told them. When you say, I've forgiven you, it means I have chosen to let it go. That's number one. Number two, I have chosen not to use it against you. I have chosen to let it go. You offended me, I've chosen to let it go. If have offended me. I've chosen. I'm not going to use it against you. If I bring it up, it will not be in an accusative manner. I'm not communicating here. Yeah. And as we mature and mature and mature, we begin to operate like God. We have chosen not to even raise up the matter again. That's forgiveness. The Bible said, I will blot out your transgressions. i remember your sins no more then of course finally is attack not personalities so number one avoid conflict number two is address the problem number three is attack not personalities and i close with that attack not personalities there is an issue at hand can we address the issue without attacking persons can you tell me my husband i disagree with this uh, position you have taken without telling you i think your decision is a very stupid decision because, you see, the moment you say that, you have moved from addressing the matter to now dealing with his stupidity. Are you with me here? Eh? The Bible says in the book of Proverbs eighteen nineteen: a brother offended is harder to be won. So, let's not do that. A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. Do you understand what it means? This is what it means. It means when you offend someone it can be like uh, Russia against Ukraine (laughs) Ukraine Russia thought they would just walk over Ukraine they've been on it 6 months and they are still on the Bible says a brother offended a wife offended a husband offended is more difficult so as much as possible let's work hard we can address the matter without offending are you with me here? we can deal with the matter without offending. I mean, there is a matter. By the time you realize, they have attacked, ah... Your wife, father, he don't claim his own. Your mother don't claim his own. By the time you come, it goes like that. And God forbid, if the man or the woman opens up to their parents, case don't die. The marriage is dead. Are you with me here? Are you with me here? So let's not attack... Avoid, if it's possible, the problem. If it's pos- if it's not possible and the problem is, that let's address it. But when we address it and we are, we are done addressing it, in the course of addressing it, let's discipline ourselves not to attack personalities or shared values. Personalities or shared values or interests. For instance, there is a matter you say no sex for six months. For this infidelity, I will show you. I have forgiven you, but your punishment is that dry season six months <laughs> yeah. now before he went into it there was no dry season before he committed the first one there was no dry season so if you have sense you should know that this dry season will create more offenses than you want so let's address the problem without attacking shared interests or personalities the way you respect your mother, that's the same way your wife respects her mother. The way you respect your father, that's the same way. And you see, your father in law is your father, but an in law. If you meet a woman who can insult his father or mother in law, he was raised up as a disrespectful child. And that same person can insult their own father or their mother. We make it so complicated and difficult when we deal with a problem. May the Lord give us understanding. I trust that somebody has been helped today. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified and by my confession I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We we'll look forward to having you. Join us again and again. We are blessed.
0: Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. And on wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 pm to 8 pm our church auditorium is located on the top floor of nanama Ejakuma plaza opposite the unity oil station santa kumasi ghana alternatively you can join us online for our services on embassy of life chapel facebook or youtube pages god richly bless you <laughs>